Strachan and Bell together. There's Cooper breaking through. A chance now. This will be the fourth ball for Aberdeen. And Cooper puts it in with his legs. Well, suddenly it's become a rout. Of course, when things are going wrong against you, you don't get the breaks of the ball. Cooper in with Stewart. He didn't really know where the ball was, but he got the break. And as you say, it's a schoolboy's dream being able to take your time. Knowing that really, all you've got to do is crack it into the back of the net. Podcast uh, back again after the dawns. This Aberdeen team somehow moved into third place. If ever you needed an indicator for how rubbish the standard of this league was. Um, but joining us tonight to discuss the dawns' glorious rise up the table is, as ever, Martin Clunas. Good evening, Martin. Good evening, Richard. How are you? I'm doing really well. Yeah, it's um, it's amazing what a what a couple of victories for the dawns does for the soul. Yes, uh, the theme of resurrection, obviously, at Easter is a very topical one. <clears throat> and uh, still coming to the end of this probationary period, Martin Ingram's with us as well. Evening, Martin. Evening. I am full of the joys of spring right now, and never did my milk chocolate Easter egg taste sweeter than on Sunday morning after celebrating another glorious victory. Well, to that glorious victory um, against Kilmarnock, and the question we all wanted to know at the outset... Uh, was who was going to replace Graham Shinney. Now, we are going to have to come up with a better naming convention to differentiate you two, but uh, Martin Clunas this time, it was Ryan Duncan that got the place, and uh, it, it ended up being, I suppose, a little bit less of the uh, 3-5-2 that we've seen and a bit more like a 3-4-1-2, but Ryan pressed up to support the forwards. Yeah, he did. Um, I was really, yet again, you know, I re- was really impressed by with Ryan Duncan. I mean, with Wax's lyrical about him earlier in the season when he was looking for him to get more minutes, obviously he scored that cracker of a goal against Partick, wasn't it? One of these players you want you want to see lots of. I thought he did. I thought he did really well. You know, I I'm not going to say that Grimshaw wasn't missed because there was parts of the game where maybe you know. The things that he does bring to the team could have been done. I thought no, I was a I was a short period where we thought we lost, um, we lost control of the midfield. Maybe I thought the, I thought the three midfielders in in general, um, particularly particularly Duncan, Ramadani, and Clarkson, I thought all had really really good games, and I was I was really impressed by the way by the way they interacted with each other. Ramadani, probably one of his best games he's had in a red shirt. I thought. It's so good to see we've got you no know, the the depth we've got av- available to us. And I know it's only one game and saying you know because Shinny is obviously going to come pretty much straight back in, but to have have a guy like that who can come in, young player, brilliant future ahead of him at Aberdeen. Hopefully, I'm so so happy to see what uh, such a strong performance from him. And I guess uh, Martin Ingram, it was. Um... It was a statement of belief in the team that he could go without a more defensive midfield option at home at Kilmarnock and introduce a more attacking player as well. The other thing I've noticed is that, uh, and this has been, a, I think, a trademark of Robson's time in charge, that he's 
He's had more combative performances, I suppose, from the likes of, I'm thinking particularly Miofsky and Clarkson, who are getting involved and getting involved in 50-50s way more than they were early in the season. You saw that from Ryan Duncan as well. None, uh, no more so than in the opening 15 seconds when he wins a 50-50, set the ball forward to Miofsky to lead to the first goal. Yeah, I've no doubt that Barry Robson has been impressing upon all the players the need to impress themselves upon the game um, at every opportunity. I think it was quite funny. I think a few people picked up that on his uh, post-match interview. He was talking about the fact that Aberdeen took a wee while to get going. And I think everybody knew what he meant, but it does it does sound a bit weird when you've scored a goal in 17 seconds. But um, yeah, um, starts with and with the, the, the front three all wanting to get involved in putting putting the Kilmarnock players in pressure. Ryan Duncan does uh, a great bit of initial work in winning the ball in high up, high up the pitch, threads it through to Boyan Miofsky. Um, and the, the, the one thing I, I, I enjoy about how we're playing now is it's been quite a long time since we regularly played with two genuine players up front. And I think it was telling that for both of the goals, they were, you know, combinations between two strikers, uh, Miofsky with two assists and, and Duke with the two goals. Um, and it's pretty clear they have a great on-field relationship. It seems like they get on pretty well off the field as well, and and it's paying a lot of dividends. Um, just a, 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 a smart goal all around, both in terms of, you know, the, the endeavour from Miofsky, first of all, and then Ryan Duncan to put pressure on the Kilmarnock players to, to win the ball in a dangerous area of the park and clinical at the end in terms of Miofsky's through ball and uh, Duke's uh, pretty clinical finish. Um, I'm saying all of this, of course, from the benefit of having watched on uh, uh, sports scene after the game, because as I actually ran into Martin in the South Stand at halftime and informed him I, I, I'm probably not going to be able to speak very authoritatively about this at all, because I was actually still in the queue of people trying to get in into the south stand when that went in so i had uh, no idea how the goal played out in real time but it was pretty obvious from the fans reaction and then the 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 drones of duke afterwards that um that that was what had happened um so i'm sure it was even more impressive for everybody actually got to see it in the stadium yeah i would call the uh lopez miofsky partnership a, a developing one because they have actually played together quite a lot this season maybe not necessarily as an out and out front two admittedly uh, but um, the number of assists they've given to each other have been actually fairly few and far between. I looked down the list of uh, Lopez assists. He got um, he got one at home to Hearts. That would have been the one that Bezuan scored uh, towards the end. He got one at Ibrox, which was Conor Barron's goal. And that's it. Whereas uh, Boyan Miofsky, those two assists on... Saturday were his, his first in the league for us, uh, Martin. Now, it, Martin Clunes, I know that assists are an imperfect stat, but um, these two have almost played their own furrow a little way. Are we beginning to see signs of a genuine partnership now? No, the formation's changed a little bit, but these two guys are clearly, I mean, there's clearly something being worked on if they're able to start you know, working well together. And let's hope they can, um, you know, uh, I suppose it does mean that if you know if if they aren't assisting each other, then at least somebody else is chipping in with them. And I know, yeah, I'm like you. Um, you know, I've I you know I know you don't even play it, but I gave up on you know the Scottish football fantasy fantasy football um, 
probably about three weeks into the season. Um, so I know that. So I don't really, you know, I don't really care about who's who's given the assists. If I'm being totally honest, but um, it's 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 good to see that they're able, they're working together. They're forming a partnership. You know, obviously, you know they all they had their lovely wee celebration. You know, their coordinated celebration after the first goal um, with a with a golf swing. So they're you know, that hopefully means that they're you know getting to be good pals. They want to work together. Want to play together. Um, and that could only that could only be a good thing, you know. That if you no, know, I know they don't have to be best friends to work together, you know. Um, you posted obviously you posted obviously stats on Saturday, you know. Um, both of them well and well up in the goal tally. I think it's what did you what did you say it was? It's the the best pairing we've had since Shearer and Booth or Shearer and Jess was it? Yeah, they both now scored fifteen in the league, which is the first time that's happened in a league campaign since ninety two ninety three, when both Shearer and Patalainen. Uh, scored well, over 15 and that was a 44 game season um, previously obviously when they hit 15 in all competitions each which was a few weeks ago that was the first time since uh, Windass and Dodds in 96 96-97 um, but yeah the, no question that they both had productive seasons but yeah as I say it's almost been two completely different tales they've, they've had different ways of scoring generally They've had distant, different paths to getting those goals. Miofsky's um, obviously been on penalties as well, which has helped bolster his tally. Beyond that opening minute, which was great, huge lift for everyone in the stadium. And also you wonder how that uh, transmits to the other grounds in Scotland as well, I suppose. If, if you think that the atmosphere at Tynecastle was was toxic beforehand because they'd lost a few in a row, or I'm sure news of us going ahead so early... Uh, definitely wouldn't have helped ease any tension there. Really important in terms of where we wanted to go. However, you know, I wonder, Martin Ingram, if you are a subscriber to the adage that you can score too early. I thought it was an uncomfortable first half. I thought over the piece of the first half, I thought Derek McInnes would have been pretty happy with how his team played, how his team competed, were it not for that opening 16 seconds. I'm not a subscriber to scoring too early. I'll take goals when and... Uh, wherever we can get them but uh, I definitely take your point from that because I thought if you took that goal away and again I'm maybe the best person to ask about this because I I effectively saw the first half that didn't include the goal so if you take that goal in 30 minutes out, out, out of the equation and as I say, that was what Barry Robson was alluding to in saying that we didn't have a fast start. If you take that, if you take the goal out of out, out of the equation, he's, he's absolutely right. I thought it was actually a, quite a poor second half, first half performance from Aberdeen, and I do wonder whether when 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 you get a goal that early, maybe it just means you know the players kind of relax a bit, the immediate pressure is off, and I felt that we were quite passive for for much in the game i thought kilmarnock had as as much of the play as we did for for long periods in the first half and um i think they, they maybe even ended up with with more shots on target than we did because i think i think our i think the goal was the only shot we had on target in the first half uh whereas they kilmarnock did did get a few uh or certainly a couple of opportunities as 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 the half wore on so maybe something to be looked at there and it, it has been there, the the Hearts performance was the kind of polar opposite of that, where we got an early goal and really pressed home our advantage, and we were we we we, we dominated throughout. But th- those kind of um, lackadaisical starts are are not completely uncommon because we we're we're looking obviously in hindsight at having won five games in a row, but 
Um, I'm not sure it was an overly impressive start at St Johnston the week before that. I was I was at the Dundee United game and obviously the, the tail end of that was an emphatic 3-1 win. But again, we were very much a second best team for long periods in the first half. So I, I do I do wonder if it's a team that where um, Barry Robson's looking at that and saying, and, and again, it's something else he spoke about in the in his post-match interview is to effectively just make make sure you're you're hard to beat first of all if it's not working for you at the very least uh make sure you eventually be there and i think that's the the big difference right now uh with byron robson's team as opposed to some of the matches with certainly away from home with 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 jim goodwin where um we were having slow starts and that was leading to just being a couple of goals down after 15 minutes whereas at least when we're having our slower starts and of course you know you couldn't have had a, a better immediate start than getting getting one nil up, but um, for for all that we look passive, we are at least looking a lot more sound and compact um, um, uh, in terms of our formation. Uh, and obviously, um, I, th- I think it, it improved very much once Barry Robson got the the guys in the changing rooms. He clearly gave them a uh, a thorough dressing down because um, when they came out for the Second half, I thought that 15-minute spell in the first 15 minutes in the second half, up up to the point that we scored, was by far the most impressive that that we looked in the whole game. Yeah, just to continue on the first half, Mark, we're uh, <laughs> Mark Clunas, we're indebted uh, to a very fine start from Calaroos to keep us ahead, and well, it was another clean sheet in the end up, and uh, you know of the many many transformations that we've had here uh, to have racked up. Uh, three clean sheets consecutively now four out of the last five games in fact the only penalty goal against us in those five games was a penalty kick uh, it's quite staggering really isn't it especially if you consider the, the utter shambles that he inherited um, I would say that Robson's now had uh, four clean sheets uh, in the league um, since he took over which is as many as Stephen Glass managed in his entire tenure you are just smashing out the stats today aren't you <laughs> you could tell you've had a quiet bank all day today. No, yeah, it's it's actually it's insane when you look at it and you think that we've been sitting all season watching this, probably looking at every game, thinking, "Well, we we'll probably need two because we're going to we're going to concede." And now he's hit upon a for, a formula that he's got that he, or a formation, sorry, that he's got he's got working and like say, the really really good save from Kellerus, um, the uh, um, from the corner. I'm not saying that it's one that in earlier in the season that he maybe wouldn't have made, but you know, with confidence probably comes you know your your ability. You're maybe a bit sharper. To to look where he's got them now, it's one of these weird things about you know football management and probably you know like psychology. You know, there's probably somebody who could probably write a write a thesis on teams that managed to turn it around. Even even like Martin was saying there, you know, like we've we've been at the at games where we've. We've we've scored either scored early like we did on Saturday or we did on in the Hearts game and blown them away or there's the Dundee United game where you know we were worried that you know this isn't a team that comes back into games and wins games, um so it's maybe a team that's just sort of now fight we're now maybe finding our identity it's still going to take some time it's obviously you know, we've got a new I say new manager obviously he's in the room, um but there's a new as a new man in charge with a, a different group of players. Um, he's obviously been able to bring in some of his own, um, so it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see how that how that goes because obviously we're going to be playing. You know, we've got you know top six football to look at, so we're going to be playing this, this, the the so-called better teams in the league. Um, so 
whether we can keep up that that run of clean sheets and strong starts um, will be will be a challenge. But you know, I'm 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 a lot more confident than I was you know seven or eight weeks ago in terms of where we're going to be where we're going to be towards the end of the season because the turnaround has just been it's been insane. Is there an identity yet, Martin Ingram, and does that matter? There's the beginnings of an identity. I think the interesting thing going forward is does does Barry Robson feel he has a settled team um, in terms of what he want to play? It'll be obviously it may not it may not matter if he ultimately doesn't get the job after the summer. But um, and obviously the 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 most important thing at the moment is uh, putting the right team on the pitch right now to keep the momentum going and. Uh, push as far up the table as we can um, but coming back full circle that discussion about um, you know getting Ryan Duncan in the team how well he looked in that kind of attacking midfield role what kind of maybe maybe he is maybe the player maybe most suited to that kind of traditional 10 role that attacking midfield or the person that links midfield and, and the strikers I I've always been a fan of having two players, two if we have two informed strikers playing as a partnership, is to see how that's going. But the reality is, um, I don't think that's the team that will be getting picked next weekend um, or on Friday night. Um, the likelihood is Graham Shinney comes back in. We go back to a a midfield three, and the 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 rest of the team maybe looks slightly different to what it did last Saturday. So I don't think we're quite at this stage of there is a set identity of what the team looks like. Um, I'm also not entirely convinced if 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 Barry Robson gets longer in the job, um, if you're setting up a team, um, maybe even later in the season, but for the start of next season, I'm I'm not convinced that a back three would be the 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 chosen outcome if. They have those cliche cliches at the end of games where there were no failures after a win, and that's probably probably harsh to say failure. But um, I do feel at the moment Liam Scales gets kind of accommodated more easily in in a back three, whereas I wonder um, in a in a in a game where we might want to be bolder. I mean, it's telling we're playing the team that's effectively you know. Uh, second from bottom in the league and we're still playing three at the back and uh, a midfield four and making ourselves difficult to beat for long periods of the, 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 the first half rather than just getting an early goal and pressing forward and, 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 and looking to dominate. So um, very much still a, a work in progress, but um, at the very least um, we're, we're doing the basics again. We're, we're, we're putting a team out which is difficult for other teams to beat um, and it's generating enough opportunities for uh, a team for, as you just mentioned with the stats, Richard, it's the first time in an awful long time where you have uh, two players at the top end of the park who, if you can give them enough chances, you can reliably uh, expect goals to come out of them. So um, work in progress for me. Yeah, you used the term back to basics. I would say that that's probably where we're at right now. It has just been a... A reversion to, to footballing basics has been no attempt to try and play it from the back with the defence, short goal kicks or anything like that. It has just been about defenders defend, attackers attack, and uh, we'll go and try and win our battles all over the park. Just on the Robson front, Mark Lewis, something hit me just during that, uh, during what Martin was saying there. I think we're all agreed that if he finishes third, he gets a job. And maybe there was a question mark about 
if he finishes fourth or fifth. Now that we're in third, after game 31, is it going to seem like a disappointment or a bit of a failure if we don't actually secure third now? Um, well, as Aberdeen fans, we're greedy. So when we were sitting fourth, it would have been a disappointment if we didn't finish third. Um, but I, but I, know, I know exactly what you mean. Um, I guess it probably I guess it probably will. Um, you know, we've got we've got one of the bottom teams in the league you know, on Friday night as well. Um, so you know, again, no nothing is nothing is set in stone, and we're not counting any chickens and all that kind of no stuff. But um, you know, you're looking at we're in third. It's in our own hands. You know, everything. You know, it's po- it's possible that all we have to do is equal or better what hearts do um pretty much obviously um to get third but there will be there will probably be a disappointment um and you know like we, like we said last week if he finishes third i think he'll absolutely will get it um now that we're there um i suppose um the, the i mean he'll talk about pressure not being on and just taking one you know he'll do all that kind of one game at a time stuff i get that um you know he was very he was very clever when he first for first got put, you know, took over, you know, he spoke about you no, know, he hasn't asked, he's been chapping on the door, he doesn't, you know, he's not interested in finding out, he's not wanting, you know, not been asking about the job, he's been very clever. But now he's now he's sitting in third. He'll know that you stay there, you're probably the favourite for it. Um, so that, I think that I think that's the more interesting thing is is you know how he how he then approaches it because as we know. Um, some of our friends in the media uh, will try and ramp up a bit of pressure on him for that. Um, he'll be getting asked all these, all the questions, uh, twice as much, many times as he was before. Um, so I think, I think that's the more that'll be the more interesting thing. But uh, if to answer your question in a simple yes or no way, um, if we if we end up finishing fourth now from where we are, um, I wouldn't quite say failure, but I would be very disappointed. Uh, yeah, that wasn't either a yes or a no, but never mind. <laughs> um, it's a different kind of pressure now, Martin Ingram, isn't it? We, there's a target on our back for the first time. Yeah, it's it's a cliche, isn't it, that um, it's it's different being the hunted as opposed to being the hunter. Um, and I think I wouldn't have been alone in being one of a number of supporters a few months ago where the the idea of getting clawing our way back into third place by the end of the season just seemed uh, fanciful. And the reality now, I mean, you've got to take nothing away from the the Aberdeen performances. Five wins um, on the bounce is, you know, entirely all, all credit to the team for, for, for achieving that. But obviously that's coincide with uh, 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 almost... Uh, mirror opposite uh, run of form from Hearts as well. Um, so, but, but, but it's, it's what we've always spoken about is that the 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 key to being third place is managing to be the team amongst that kind of glob of half a dozen teams where um, all the sides seem to have reasonably good home form, pretty terrible away form, uh, and even when Hearts were, you know, a distance away, I don't think anybody looked at that side and thought they were. You know, especially uh, better than anybody anybody else out out with the top two, 
um, it's maybe surprising quite how uh, uh, spectacular the collapsing House of Cards has been for them. But um, uh, it will be interesting now because obviously that's Robbie Nielsen gone and they will likely be thinking, wow, we've just lost out on third place now with, you know, what was now seven games to go. And while on one hand, that's a bit of a, a mini catastrophe and a, and a big collapse, it does provide a lot of games for um, if they were to manage to get a, a manager in and get a similar bounce. That's obviously what they must be hoping for. They can get a similar bounce from a uh, new manager bounce from some whoever they bring in 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 Nielsen's place is what uh, we managed to get um, to extent what happened with uh, managers like Kettlewell as well. Um, so yeah, we're we're now in a position of having to defend the lead now, as it were, which I think nobody expected us to be in this position a couple of games before the split. It actually kind of went without a lot of comment that we actually secured top six football with the with that result on Saturday. I mean, we're the the, the sights are already quite rightly be, beyond the kind of uh, as 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 you alluded to the the, the Jimmy Calderwood top six trophy. The the sights are already set far further down the line than that. Um, but the game on Friday is the first example of um, can can we maintain that momentum and and really put our foot on the throats of our our main rivals? We'll we'll get an opportunity to play first before the weekend fixtures, and if you come away from three with three points from that game, we're then four points clear in third place. Um, wow. Hearts then have the Edinburgh derby the next game, and St Mirren are travelling to Ibrox. So sorry, sorry, oh yeah, five here, but. See, I'm I'm so amazed by how stellar the turnaround is. I don't even believe how many points were ahead. Um, so yeah, so five points clear with a win against Ross County, and then um, the pressure is massively on Hearts and St Mirren to try and keep pace with us. Um, it's been tremendous the last couple of weekends that not only have we managed to take care of our own business, but as a result, we've managed to take advantage of other teams slipping up, and that's always been the, the the bugbear in previous seasons in situations where we we could have really grasped the situation when results were going in our favor we've we've sometimes been the team that's tripped up and it's been the other way around the last couple of weekends but it's important that we keep the foot on the accelerator and um that definitely comes with its own pressure but um uh, i'm confident that this is uh, a team with uh the right attitude to get the job done again well, I talk about a different kind of pressure because I think we saw it at the game on Saturday, Martin. I think there was a nervousness around the stadium uh, before we got that second goal, which was a result of the we've now got something to hold on to and therefore everything was ramped up a little bit more. There was a bit more anxiety about the place until that wonderful pressure reliever of the second goal. And again, a lovely constructed thing, unsurprisingly, for a lovely constructed thing with this Aberdeen team, Leighton Clarkson was at the heart of it. Yeah, he was, and you know, we've we've been, we've been hoping to see that get to see the best out of him as well. You know, he's we've had games where we've been maybe a little bit critical of him on here when he's he's sort of allowed it to get past games to go past him. But we've we've also spoken about how obvious the talent he has is, um, and just that that lovely little ball just behind the defence. Just and I, I know I know it's I know it's only Kilmarnock. But what a what a ball! 
just it just shows you know this the, the guy you know he's the ability he has um is you know it's something that we can you know we we will we will hopefully be relying on till the end of the season i would love to think that there's some sort of possibility that we could maybe get him get him here next season as well um because he will i believe he you know it was quoted today that he's come out and he says how much he loves loves playing up here um good if he wants to come up here and learn for another year brilliant because you can see in the in the in the games he's played for Aberdeen, particularly in a pretty awful, you know, Jim Goodwin Aberdeen team, you've seen that he's blossomed into a, you know, a better player just in the space of I don't know, 15, 20 games. Um, and it was it was an absolutely del- just delicious ball. You know, you saw you know the, the defense, nothing they could do about it. Um, and then, as you say, the pressure that was there, there and there was there was a nervousness and there was a pressure in the stadium. You definitely felt it. Um, particularly that last five minutes of the first half, um, I thought that maybe we 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 let them not not come on to us too much, but I think we just we, we sat back a little bit too much, um, and they they seemed to try and you know capitalise, and thankfully nothing happened. Uh, but then you know I think it's what, six minutes into the second half, that ball, um, and then obviously Duke gets his second, and. You know the pre- the pressure is gone then, um, and Shot then we're looking. Pardon? Shot or a cross? That was a cross. You know, look if if we're if we're going to be talking about part that them forming partnerships on this podcast, then I'm calling <laughs> it a cross. Absolutely, I, I don't, unequivocally. Um, and then you know the pre- when they get the second, the pressure's the pressure's gone. Um, you know, and suddenly everybody's uh, everybody's looking. Everybody's looking at their phones, and then you know, the heart. The, the hearts result comes through as well, or the hearts latest score comes through as well. Um, and the place is just up um, because you know you think we find ourselves in third, and you think you know, what is it, eight, seven, eight weeks ago, and maybe nine weeks ago, um, it was, it was you no. Know, we're looking. We're staring down the barrel of the bet, Fred, again, um, and now you know it's, it's you know, tentatively looking at the passports. Um, this is why we love. This is why we love football, um, because genuinely, in the space of just a couple of months, um, the things that can do to you are unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so five three eight or five thirty eight, the statistical website, uh, it does a, a sort of SPL prediction, and it's been fairly wild for most of the season. Uh, but now it finally has Aberdeen finishing third at the end of the season, and it computes we've got something like a 30% chance of finishing third. What I want to know is chances of avoiding the bet for a group stages, because that, that that's really the clear goal here. Um, you know, you can... You, you, I know some people enjoy the trips to some far-flung destinations this year, but I'd happily can that for the rest of time, and hopefully um, we're not back there for quite some time. Um, the rest of the game passed without too much incident. Um, it felt a bit game management-y, Martin Ingram. Uh, I think the thing of note was Alfie Bavage getting some decent minutes. Yeah, but before I get to that, I just want to circle back on the second goal because you're absolutely right to focus on Leighton Clarkson's, uh, you know, just one, one of those balls that um, he puts it exactly where the defenders can't get it and exactly where the forward wants it to be. But coming right the way back, when that move starts out, um, so Johnny Hayes has intercepted a ball 
um, in his own half and, and dumped it off to Duke. So it starts with Duke in his own half, beating two players and then laying it off to Leighton Clarkson. Uh, and then by the time uh, that, that uh, sublime lofted ball um, falls in the path of Majowski, it is 100% a shot all day long. Um because I, I, I doubt he even expected Duke was going to be there, but it looks a complete tap-in by the time that he scores it. But when you track it all back, having had the ball in his own half, beats two players, lays it off to Clarkson, but he doesn't rest on his laurels. He's, he's, he's now, that's the key of a, of a, of a guy who, who wants to get goals, is he's not happy just to lay it off to the midfielder and, and, and let the move go forward. He's pushing to get right in right in the six-yard box and be right there for when an opportunity arises. So I just thought it was worth giving him his uh, laurels for that second goal as well. Um, but later on, Alfie Bavage, it's great that he's getting a little bit more meaningful playing time. Um, um, as some of you know, I'm quite a, an aficionado of watching Aberdeen in, in all its various guises and the under-18s is no exception. So... Um, I've been quite used in, 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 in recent months to seeing um, Alfie Babbage get no, no more than 55 or 60 minutes in his outings with the under-18s. And when people talk about what a fan, fantastic, phenomenal goal-scoring record he has at, at under-18 level, they're absolutely right. But that doesn't even speak to the half of it because, um, as I say, since he's been regularly involved with the first-team squad, his, uh, his minutes have been very carefully managed so he's scoring so again he was he was he was out with the under 18s at Cormac Park Friday afternoon um bagged himself a brace in the first half against St Mirren was was off after 45 minutes um and I'm glad that he's getting rewarded with some meaningful playing time in second half and he and and he, he made quite a good showing of himself as well he got on the ball several times at the end of the game um, as you'd probably expect from a 16-year-old that's suddenly playing at Pataudry, um, um getting getting the limelight. I think he, he was he was maybe a bit more of a ball hog than what you would normally expect from a senior professional. But you know he's we're we're two 0 up. Um, he's 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 wanting to have a run at players. He deserved his opportunity and um, uh, really excited for how things develop for him going forward. Um, it was funny. I was speaking to a few people on the on the Friday afternoon at Cormac Park and. Um, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how that development progresses because it's clear that he's, from from an ability perspective, he's all he's already uh, streets above um, anybody at the at, at the youth levels. Um, but as I say, he's still only sixteen. I think he only, he only turns seventeen uh, in December, and he's still for those involved with. I, I never really quite get get my head around the. The, the, the year brackets now, but he's won in the 2006s, so he could still be he could still theoretically be playing in the under 18s next season. But you do you do wonder what meaningful development that would mean for him going through another year um, with the under 18s. So you'd think it would therefore mean getting some meaningful um, first team football elsewhere. But as I say, he is still only 16 years old. Um, so 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 how do you manage that? Is 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 a a, a greater involvement in the first team at Aberdeen? His future, where like like Saturday, he he's maybe not starting every week, but he's getting a meaningful say 20 25 minutes on a regular basis coming off the bench. Um, you could see him potentially getting a, a game. Um, for example, if he was loaned out to play Championship or, or League One football, but you know that's a bit of a guilt uh, a, a double-edged knife as well because you know while you worry about to what extent you know 
uh, a guy of his age is physically ready for first team football in, in many ways if you're trying to uh, cut it in League One, League Two, that can in many respects be far more physical than it is in the S- in, 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 in the Scottish Premiership. So it'll be really interesting to see how we manage his development going forward. But, um, you know, not only one from the future at the moment, he's one for right now. Who else from the 18s is uh, looking likely based on what you've seen recently? I know they've got very high hopes for Lewis Pirri as well. Um, I don't know whether or not they've managed to persuade him to turn down overtures from elsewhere. And then you've got a couple of players who, frankly, have been overtaken by Bavage, I suppose. I'm, I'm looking at Liam Harvey amongst us, you know, as candidate number one. Yeah, well, L- Liam Harvey's an interesting one because obviously he would have been the Alfie Bavage of last season, the the guy coming out of the under-18s set up and um, I think getting some meaningful minutes in the last few games of last season after, certainly after... Um, uh, post split and once we were safe from any relegation worries um, but yeah I, I, I don't know if it's um, partly an aspect of um, his, his um, situation hasn't really kicked on as much but I think you're right I think it's more just a fact that someone like Alfie Babbage has come in and you know is just performing at such a such an exceptional level that it maybe uh, inevitably if unfairly takes some of the shine off the, the incumbent um, but there's I think there's still definitely a future for, for, for Liam as well it was interesting the way they, 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 they worked it last Friday was um, he was actually on the bench last Friday so Alfie Babbage got his 40, first 45 minutes up front scored his couple of goals and, and, and got hooked and then it was Liam Harvey that got the, the, the sole striker run for the whole second half and he got on the score sheet as well after that um, Lewis Pitty, yeah, definitely a, a, an exciting prospect as well. Um, another couple of players that I would probably name check: uh, Blair McKenzie, uh, tall, rangy centre half. He he got on the score sheet on Friday with a with a headed goal. Um, understand that he may again. I don't know to what extent these are these are rumours that that um, are legitimate or not. But um, again, the 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 rumor mill on the touchlines at Cormac Park is that Crystal Palace is potentially interested in him and they might be looking to uh, bring him into their youth development program. So I think this is going to be the challenge that when when you have a successful youth academy set up, there are uh, a number of English Premiership setups just, just desperate to get in players at a right age so that they can meet their own um, domestic quotas of uh, young British talent. Um, but um, yeah, tall, rangy, obviously still still has an opportunity to uh, fill out, as it were, but um, very assured on the ball, um, dominant in the air, and, and, and has an eye for an eye for goal. He scored a number of goals from corners and set pieces as well. And then uh, a player in midfield who maybe doesn't get as many rave reviews as, as, as others in the youth setup, but one that probably physically and talent-wise looks as ready to make the first team leap as anyone would be fin- finley uh marshall he was uh uh on i think he was on the score sheet as well we we, we beat st Mirren seven nil on the friday um but he he markedly looked from a physical perspective to be someone who was ready to make that step forward and um uh i apologize for any of the other players that are regularly involved in the youth setup because again there's a very talented group but i'd say those three and four they're they're the ones that are really uh making a name for themselves at the moment and 
talking about interest, Premier League interest in the likes of Blair McKenzie or in the likes of any of the, the young talent, that's why it's doubly important, I suppose, that uh, we are giving meaningful minutes to the likes of Alfie, Bav uh, Alfie Bavage, that Ryan Duncan is getting the opportunity now to start games, to to play longer than he was under the previous manager. Uh, it's It all adds up, doesn't it, to a belief that uh, not only are we creating the best players that we can through the academy, but they will get an opportunity to properly develop into first-team footballers here at Aberdeen too. Yeah, it is very important. I mean, that that's where it's getting that balance right between getting uh, players meaningfully involved and seeing that there is a route from the youth development into first-team football, but making sure it's done at a pace which is right. And it's incredibly difficult to know. I mean... Um, one of the challenges that we've had in the past is, and, and funnily enough, it, 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 it comes with uh, having a team that is relatively successful, is the better that you're doing, the more pressure there is to be playing recognised starters in the first team in a way that um, um, if the team had been struggling beforehand, um, and last season was a, was, 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 was a case in point, once you fail to reach the top six and you've got a few games spare, you can you can afford to start blooding young players in a way that you can't really do when you're third in the league and and uh, pressing to get as, uh, as good a European spot and as good a, a, a finishing place in the table as possible but I, I was reflecting back on the last um, very successful development side which would have been the team that won the the development league in 2015 and um, there was a number of players where um, if you if you look in hindsight you may well be saying you know um, why didn't these players get a, a, a more of a, an opportunity and more of a run in the first team um, Lawrence Shanklin's probably the the, the biggest example, a guy that's gone on to, you know, he's scoring bucket loads of goals for, for Hearts this season and um, he's he's represented his country, um, yet got a number of kind of sporadic um, substitute appearances with Aberdeen, never really got a run in the first team. But by the same token, when when your, your, your front three is... You know, you've got Adam Rooney starting up front and, and, and Hayes McGinn supporting them. Where, where, where do you fit that player into the system? So it's 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 always going to be really difficult. I was thinking another guy, Michael Rose, he's currently um, playing in defence with Coventry City in a team that's um, in playing championship level football and has a has a realistic chance of making the playoffs and potentially qualifying for the for the Premiership next season. Um, and you do feel there's an aspect of where, 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 where these players, I wouldn't say given up on, but had, did we move on from them too quickly? Because and most importantly, it could have been the fact that we could have been giving them their opportunities at Aberdeen at a time when, you know, per perhaps we've had to tolerate less successful players uh, that we've brought in when, you know, potentially that ability and that talent was sitting in our youth academy all along um and then also there's the the knock-on of the, the the revenue that brings into the club um uh scott mckenna would be a great example of that i mean people probably don't recall some people will do but um it was it was real happenstance which led to him getting a his, his run out in the team he he'd had a after a very successful loan spell at area area united his second loan spell was anything but and were it not for the fact that he was kind of pressed into uh, playing um, at an away game in Motherwell in a, in a, a time when there really wasn't any other options, the likelihood is he, he, he would have probably moved on with very little fuss or fanfare. But 
you know, by hook or by crook, gets an opportunity in the first team, grabs it, pushes on from there, and you know, probably most importantly out of that, we're 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 making several million pounds out of that. So you know, obviously the most important thing is developing players so that we get the benefit of them in 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 the first team. But we'd be naive to think otherwise. Then, you know, we want we want these guys on, you know, long term contracts, and uh, we want to be getting the benefit of it. Should should Premiership teams or 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 um, other outfits be be interested in paying extortionate amounts of money for them later on? Well, that is the victory on Saturday, leading us up to Ross County on Friday. Um, we keep on keeping on, uh, Martin Clunas. It's just back to work, as Barry Robson is very fond of saying. Back to grinding out another three points. We don't really care how they come, do, they, do we? Well, that's the thing. It's a, that's how it's going to be till the end of the season. We just, um, you just, as you say, you need to grind them, grind these games out. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, we can, you know, you can put in a put in a, a good performance. Uh, however, you want to, you know, however you want to quantify that. It's but it is really, um, it's as long as we win now because it's, um, you know, we're in we're in third. Hearts are, hearts are in. You know, dare I dare I suggest a bit of free fall, but you know, a team that's lost four games in a row, I think it's fair to say that about them. Um, so, um, but it's it just it's it's not now. It isn't about the performance. It's about it is about getting results. Um, you know, if we can, you know, if you can play well and do that, and like as you know, Martin was alluding to there. You know, if you can be if you can be two or three nil ahead after an hour, um, and then you can afford to give guys like Alfie Bavage some time, or you know. You know, if if Shinny's back in, you can afford to make a change and put in, you know, give Ryan Duncan some more minutes. If he's if he ends up on the bench on Saturday, um, brilliant. But um, Ross County, it's Dingwall is a Dingwall can be a really tricky place to go, um, and you know, f- f- Friday. Nice. Yeah, I know. Friday night football. Friday night football. In fairness, is no. Well, at home, it's been decent to us in the past. Um, we've had some good results playing on Friday nights, um, but, but you know, going up there, um, you know, they're obviously scrambling. Um, they beat they beat St Johnson at the weekend, you know. So, but all those all those teams down there are basically in you know the 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 relegation relegation fight. I think they're a couple ahead of Dundee United, um, and they're I think they're one behind Kilmarnock when I checked earlier today. I think it is so. You know they've got they've got a hell of a lot to play for. So that I know I'm not expecting I'm not expecting that you no know, any team in this league to roll over and have their bellies tickled. But ones that are fighting against relegation are are going to be are going to be you no know, they're going to be fighting they're going to be scrapping and it's going to be a it's going to be a very tough competitive game for us. But um, with all the things we've spoken about tonight and in the past few weeks about you know the abilities this team has, uh, you know with two very good good goal scorers. You know, with a very good midfield, you know, guys like Leighton Clarkson, like I spoke about earlier, um, every reason to be positive that we can go up in there, put on a good performance and get the result. But all I care about is the result. Uh, yeah, we've actually won the last five away Friday night games. I suppose there's been a lack of them lately since uh, Sky have had the contract exclusively. Uh, those last five um, in reverse order... Um, the one nil at Dens Park immediately after, uh, Derek this turned down the job at Ibrox. The seven nil at Dens Park, uh, a one nil win at 
Tyne Castle. Um, Johnny Hayes' goal. 3-1 at Fir Park uh, the week before that with the Joe Lewis penalty saves Dramash and a 2-1 win at Party Thistle. A lot of these are from season 2016-17 when BT Sport had a right hard-on for us for Friday night away games. Uh, however, before that, uh, we didn't win in six. So, fair to say, it's a mixed bag uh, between um, four or Friday night performances. But let's keep it going. And I think there's not going to be any surprises, Martin Ingram, is there? We're going to make one change. Graham Shinney's going to come back in for Ryan Duncan, and that'll be your team. Yeah, I fully expect us to revert back to the lineup that played at McDermott Park last week. Um, and, you know, why, why not? Um, if when you were talking about what the identity of the team is, I think that's what the identity is going to be for the foreseeable future because um, they're all big games where we're going to need uh, all of our available stars in operation i don't think any chances will be taken with the starting 11 um going forward and i think you know as 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 good as it was that we managed to get through uh, a match we really should have anyway i mean i don't think any was anyone was ex expecting graeme shinney's absence to be the the difference between getting uh, a win against kilmarnock or not but um uh it will definitely be more needed in uh a dogged away fixture like ross county um and it will absolutely be needed for because again after after that it'll be a home game against rangers and and um everybody else in the top six post split um but again if we're being realistic i said this last week and and, and probably the week before that um we, we've we've done two-thirds of job in hand the game the game's remaining against the, the teams in and around the relegation dogfight, St. Johnston, Kilmarnock and Ross County are on paper the best chances that remain for us to secure three points. We've managed to do two out of three. Um, if we can get three out of three um, and, and, and get, get the three points at Dingwall, um, that would be a massive boost because it would more than likely mean other than other than a, an impressive set of results going the other way. I mean, you know, like Hearts suddenly going from a complete mess to winning the next two games. Um, the likelihood is if we beat Ross County, we're, we're, we're likely going to be third going into that set of uh, uh, post-split fixtures. And as much as we were talking earlier about there being a different pressure and being hunted as opposed to hunting, um, there's no question... Would you rather be the team with points advantage with five games to go or the team that has to make up the ground? No question. You want to be the team in, in the box seat. Um, and okay, it comes with a different pressure, but um, I think especially with the, 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 the manner of the, the performances, um, the, manner that, the manner that we've kind of ground out wins in our last two away fixtures gives me a lot more confidence that we can do the same when we when, 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 when we go to Dingwall. And um, we were very close to getting the win last season. I think it was a late goal by Duke. Should have given us the three points there. And then, again, those defensive frailties came came back to haunt us and we, we, we couldn't hold out for the result. Um, I'd, I'd like to think that we could still expect um, uh, the, the, the Duke goal and how, how apt would it be for uh, away fans to be able to celebrate a Duke winner at the Mallard after the match? You've been sitting on that all evening. Um, the the point about 
points in the board. It's doubly important, isn't it, Martin Cleaners? Because um, Friday night game allows us to put pressure on the teams that play later in the weekend. If we do our business and are sitting five points clear before the rest of them have got their boots on, it's just a great statement. Now, Samoa at Ibrox, that's going to be very difficult. Hearts will win it uh, Easter Road because that's what always happens. So I've not under no illusions there. But just putting that gap, putting that performance up, and of course the opposite would happen if we fail to get the victory. Oh, well, yeah, that's it. You just you don't want to give you don't want to give the, um, the other teams. You no, know, you're looking at you no, know, like you say, it's Hearts and Sydney, and you don't want to give them any any encouragement. Um, and so this couldn't have, you know, as as inconvenient as it is this game being on a Friday night for you know for so some of the travelling supporters, it's probably going to put off a few people going. But as inconvenient as that is. Um, it's also a huge advantage for us. Um, uh, like I say, St Mirren, St Mirren got Rangers. You know that'll be yeah, you're, they're going to struggle there. Um, Hearts, no, it's an Edinburgh derby. Um, they've obviously put, they've put they've put Stephen Naismith in charge. Um, fair enough. Okay. Um, I'm not so I'm not so sure that it'll be so straightforward for them. I know that I know that just you know Hibs are capable of doing absolutely everything wrong in the space of ninety minutes. So. Um, you know, everything. Everything. You no, know, I want to. I want to say that you know, you know, like you've said there that you know um, they'll beat Hibs no bother. But um, I'm not so. I'm not so sure. Um, just looking at that Hearts team, you know, they're not as. You know, everybody's been waxing lyrical about them and telling us how they've got the best. No, we've been hearing about how they've got the best squad in the the third best score in the league and all this kind of crap. Um, but I'm not. But I don't believe that for one second. Um, and. Um, you know, I just want us to put. I just want us to put pressure on them, and if we get that result. You know, you go clear again. Um, it just it just makes things difficult for them. Um, and you know, it's an Edinburgh, Edinburgh derbies are always really terrible games. And um, I saw somebody. I saw a few people complaining that this game isn't. This one isn't being televised, and I can't for the life of me think why. Because the last couple I've watched have been have been the equivalent of us against St Johnston. So um, I think it's a good it's a good thing that they're showing us and not showing the Edinburgh derby this time. Yeah, yeah, the whole the whole parts brilliant squad thing, which if if you read their forums or read any of their posts on social media, is uh, the consistent soundtrack to any gripes they've had about Robbie Nielsen. I, I really don't get. I mean, you know, Shankland up top. <laughs> I mean, at least um, Rory McAllister had the good sense to learn a trade. That's all I can say. Um, and just because they've got some. Australian boys that went to the World Cup. I could have picked eleven lads out of the main stand on Saturday that could have qualified for the World Cup out the Asia uh, out the Asia Federation. But there we are. Um, they um, obviously face Hibs. We face Ross County. Yeah, there's a big goal there. Five points clear uh, with six games to go. Would be some gap. And again. <laughs> Ridiculous to be saying this based on where we were a few weeks ago. It's required a great run of form from the Dons. It has required a, a collapse costing Robbie Nielsen his job at Hearts. And it's required also no one else to really stick their hand up and say we want this. Uh, again, if you consider we were seventh back then. We've overtaken Hibs. We've overtaken St Mirren. We've overtaken Hearts now. And uh, can't deny that didn't feel good coming out of uh, Petodre on Saturday hearing the final scores. But... Let's keep it going. Eyes on the prize. Um, go to Russ County and win. So, my thanks tonight to Martin Ingram. 
A pleasure as always. Thank you. And to Martin Clunas. Cheers, Richard. Thank you. We'll be back next week looking back on what we hope will be the Don's sixth successive victory. Eddie Dibbs. Come on, you Eds. 